0: Oh. Uh... Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 205, I was very lucky to have uh, Corianne Holmes uh, on the podcast. Corrie to her friends. She is, uh, how can I put it? She is an American expat uh, living in now in New Zealand uh, in her tiny house. She is part of the fire movement and she is is an entrepreneur and author. Uh, We talked about a number of things, about why she moved over to New Zealand, all the way from the comforts of Boston, Uh, and basically, we talked about how she brought her fellow along uh, for the journey too. Uh, We also talked about some of the travel she's done around the world, and yeah, what was the sort of key thing she's learned along the way. We also talked about, yeah, the FIRE movement and what her some of her hopes, dreams, and goals are. Uh, all in all, it was a great conversation. Real joy to have her on the show. I look forward to talking to her again in the future. And, yeah, uh, please uh, sit back, enjoy the show. Uh, remember, subscribe. It really helps. If you can drop a like or a message on about the podcast, that would be great too. Uh, so sit back, enjoy the show, and, yeah, uh, loving it. <laughs> Peace and love to you. Uh, enjoy the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby go. Ah, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In, Day Out Podcast today on episode 205. Woo! I have Karina Holmes on the podcast. How are wait before I even say anything to her? Well, yeah, she's one of these fire people uh joining that movement, and she makes well, she lives in a tiny house in New Zealand, which is quite interesting seeing that she's an expat from America. Ah, not forgetting that she's an entrepreneur, author, and yeah, um, maybe she tap dances too, but I'm not entirely sure. Karina, how are you today, my lady?
1: I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh,
0: the pleasure's all mine. The pleasure's all mine. I have to ask you, now, I, look, I know I read a bit in your bio about, yeah, what possessed you to, like, go, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't like being in near civilization. I just want to be on an island many, 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 many miles away from everything else. What possessed you to do this?
1: Well, originally it was only supposed to be a year. So uh. that's very common. You know, you hear young people want to go off here, go travel. So I decided to come to New Zealand to get my master's degree in business management. And I told my boyfriend at the time, I was like, it was it's only going to be a year. You can come with me if you want. And he was gung ho. So we both came. I completed my program and then we loved it so much. We just stayed. <laughs>
0: Okay, look, okay, now this is the thing. Okay, like if you're doing like an MBA, like there are many sort of places in the Northern Hemisphere which would would take you and have the realm of adventure. Now, going like, yeah, that going, you know what, I'm doing an MBA. Yeah, where are you going to go? Yeah, I'm going to go out of country. Oh, going to Europe. Uh, Paris maybe London Germany um, Shanghai if you' going over afield you went New Zealand God damn what did your friends and family say to that like, what
1: <laughs> Oh it's so funny that you say all those places because I've studied abroad in all those places so my major <laughs> my major in college well which is university was French and East Asian studies yeah. so my junior year, I studied abroad for six months in Aix-en-Provence in France. And then I studied for six months in Shanghai, China. So I also speak Chinese. So I had been there, done that. And I wanted something different. So yeah, there we go. <laughs>
0: it's like, oh, okay, okay. Like, uh, do, do your friends and family sometimes worry about you? You look out, you like, you step out with a bag, you look to the horizon and go, that's the direction I'm going.
1: <laughs> yep, that was pretty much me. At about 14, I was like, I'm out of here. So I went, I, studied, I went to a boarding school for high school. But um, I even remember when I was eight that was the first time I went to sleepaway camp for two weeks, and I just could not wait to get out of the house. I was just ready for adventure. So it's it was it's been a long time that I've been out and about and on my own. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. So, like, with regards to this spirit of adventure, like, mm. okay. Would you say I, I can't imagine it's over? But like yeah, because okay, I've seen what I've seen some of the stuff you've been up to, but yeah, but what kicks that off? You said you, you were eight, sleepaway camp and that was it. But what made you like a boarding school? Yeah, study up abroad and like yes, keep on going, you know?
1: I mean, I think it probably, I think it really probably originated from my love of books. Um, My mom would read to my sister and I when we were really young and both my parents um, didn't have an opportunity to travel very much when they were children. So they really instilled that as a goal. So like, don't invest your money in purses and shoes and material things, but invest your money in experiences because you, you can never get those back. So I'm really, really appreciative I remember one vacation um, I took with my mom and my sister to Morocco. We were so, so young. And it was just my mom and the two of us. And um, she handled us perfectly well. We were both under the age of 10. And it was it's just such a great memory. And you can never recreate that. And I am so thankful that I had my opportunities to travel and study abroad when I did, especially because of the global pandemic. Well, I don't know if you know this, but New Zealand is literally closed off so anybody who leaves they don't necessarily know if they can come back just a crazy situation but um if you don't travel when you can you never know what's going to happen
0: yeah like you know like yes um little can i say about the the craziness which has gone on in new zealand now look don't get me wrong like okay new zealand from what the you just need to watch lord of the rings and you're like oh, oh my god it's like that's god's country right there and it's like um it's like going yeah every time you see anything lord of the rings i expected to just say new zealand <laughs> sponsored by the tourist board. but one of the things yeah. which i've gone like oh my god the lockdown situation you guys have like gone into ugh, it is um Look, from an outsider's point of view, look, from an outsider's point of view, living in the UK, look, look if, look, one case, huh, look, yeah. huh, nothing. It's like, yeah, yeah, thousands upon thousands. Yeah, then maybe. And like, yeah, then we might go, you know what, we might lock it down. But at this mm-hmm. moment in time, it's not looking like that at all. But when I heard from a news report that there was one case, and then the whole country was locked down. That yeah. is a tad bit extreme. I don't, like, I don't know if you're it allowed is. to say anything, or anything like that. Like,
1: oh, no, no. I agree. It's extreme. But that's because New Zealand is so small. Um, my dad is, is a physician. And my husband um, does some welding in the hospital. So he's done a lot of maintenance in the Dunedin Hospital. That's the town we're in. Yeah. And it is... So tiny. There is no way in hell they could ever be able to take care of people if there was more than, I don't even think they have enough ICU bags just as it is for normal accidents, people in car crashes, people who have cancer or whatever it may be. So, that's one of the biggest reasons why they had to do the lockdown so quickly is that they know that their health system would just be completely overwhelmed wow. there there's a huge crisis with not enough doctors mm. not enough surgeons not enough nurses so the people who have been able to you know some people have been able to come in but um there's just not enough it's just too small of a country
0: wow so wow yeah. that is that is a bit crazy because like you think about it you go okay New Zealand. yeah. It would be kind of up there with the sort of population of doctors, nurses, everything like that. Um, um, I think if anyone's looking to emigrate to New Zealand and happens to be a doctor, nurse, surgeon, um, like yeah, like maybe electrician or like a plumber, you might be in luck there. <laughs> it's like um. the
1: borders open yeah that's another problem is the borders have been closed so the normal amount of immigrants and usually actually the UK is one of the biggest draws yeah but it's so hard to get those spots to get through quarantine that it just is pretty much dried up completely
0: oh sorry to hear this like uh, hopefully the quarantine life hasn't affected you too badly uh out there or you just now used to it it's just your (laughs) day-to-day
1: Um, it, honestly, we've been very fortunate. Um, so I think in 2020, I wore a mask maybe four times.
0: (laughs) "Ah, Lockdown. Mm."
1: That's just a casual flex, you know, just a little (laughs) flex there. (laughs) I I,
0: I wore a mask four times. It's like I'm looking at you with envious eyes only four times. I know.
1: (laughs) That's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I took my first vaccination. I was in the vaccination clinic and no one was wearing a mask. And I thought to myself, this is the only place on earth <laughs> that is vaccinating for COVID 19 with no masks. It was crazy. That sense changed, obviously. Um, but, uh, but at the time, we hadn't had any cases yet. So that was crazy. But yeah, it's been, it's been hard. I did lose my grandmother um, in oh, September, 2020, sorry. and I was unable to go back home. Mm. And that really, really affected me. Um, And another consequent, oh, it, it's like a slight challenge is um, a lot of Kiwis that I've spoken to, don't understand the gravity of the situation, because I know people personally who've died from COVID-19. Mm. And um people in New Zealand really don't don't believe that it's it's a serious problem which is kind of shocking but that's just because it hasn't knocked on their own doorstep yet but because I'm still connected so much with my family in the states it's it's very personal and it's
0: actually quite upsetting to hear that, you know? Yeah, no, and like, no, and um, with regards to the sort of connections which bind us, like, yes, mm. being able to visit fa- like friends, family, uh, it's one of the strongest things uh, we can ever do. And I think with regards to a lot of it, we've, yeah, like before the pandemic, pre-pandemic, I think we used to take that for granted a little bit too much. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, getting back into it, <sighs> It's like, yeah, we've got to be careful we don't fall back into that same, same type of routine because, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like you kind of look at, like, I know there's been, not all the time, but there's a couple of times it's like, I uh, uh, just need some personal time or just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't make the effort, but you, t- you kind of like, oh, wait, uh, you couldn't have done this. You didn't, you weren't allowed to do this for 18 months. It was like, yeah, if you did, you were like, Yes trouble like it's not so much trouble come your way it will just be like yeah when could you meet mm. up with people and mm-hmm. yeah people can get lost on the way and yeah people have lost people on the way but yeah how do you value those people those connections around you I say you know
1: definitely. definitely and that's what we have to do especially during these times we really need to be able to bind together and so I'm really fortunate my parents are trying to move to New Zealand um, they hope hope to retire here, so hopefully I'll have some family close by soon.
0: We'll see. <laughs> it's like, it's like, don't be like, don't be like. You know what? I've had enough of New Zealand. I'm off. No, <laughs> they'll beat you with a stick. does that know. No, you stay in here. But yeah, yeah, it must be kind of a bit of a mind blowing thing because look, you've come from the third largest country in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to now one of the smallest countries in the world and mm-hmm. yeah but like to do that like to, I don't know if you're like went yeah you're going against your your American genealogy or whatnot but you went hey you know what while I am in this smaller country <laughs> in the world let me just like uh let me build a teeny house on wheels what on <laughs> earth is that about I ha- no, what on earth is that about? I've just got to be careful. I told you before the podcast, like yeah, like if you just like if you see a young lady just bursting like yeah, tell me you're all <laughs> like I, I would have to leave. I guess like this podcast will be invaded. But yeah, tell me what what, what possessed you to do with this? <laughs> um-
1: one of the common misconceptions about moving abroad is that it's easy um there will always be challenges and we definitely experienced that when my partner and i moved to new zealand we were living completely different lifestyle than what we were living we were living together in boston before we moved Uh and um so we didn't have many friends when we first got here we only had one vehicle so we used to have two you know we used to have jobs and travel a lot in Boston but when we moved to New Zealand we had one car that we shared Um, I was going to school Patrick was working and our social lives were like basically non-existent and we really really struggled to stay together as a couple and also like to fill our time like what What do you do with your time if you don't have people to hang out with? We didn't have a lot of room for the hobbies that we used to do. So we decided, um, oh, also on top of that, we were also paying a lot for our rent. So we were paying about the same on my condo in Boston that I was in Christchurch. That's because Christchurch has just had an earthquake. So that means that rents and properties and flats were at a premium and they were very expensive. So we're like, okay, we need something fun to do to take up our time. We need a project because mm-hmm. I was studying and Patrick would get out of work at three o'clock and he'd have nothing to do, he'd just be sitting around. And he's he needs to be working with his hands. He's one of those type A people that they call, I think they call it active resting. So he will not sit on the couch and watch TV with a beer. He's not that kind of man. He needs to be actively tinkering with something, taking it apart fixing painting something yeah um so so with those two things in mind we thought we'd already heard about the tiny house movement a little bit we'd always wanted to do it and so we're like well we saved all this money to move to new zealand we Mm. saved about twenty thousand dollars we didn't need to use it because patrick got a job right away and so we're like let's just use our life savings on a tiny house and I think that's really important when you're in your 20s to take risks because you can always recover. You have enough time left to recover. So that's why you hear about like people who start businesses in their 20s, drop out of school and start Facebook, do this and that, move across the country. You know, They all tend to do those things when they're younger because if it fails, they have enough time to recover and get back on you know, the saving train. So, um, so we figured what did we have to lose? if we needed to leave, we could always sell it. And if it didn't work out, we'd just go back into a flat. What's the big deal? You know? So, (laughs) so yeah, that was our decision. And um, I'm really glad we just, we kept with that because we were able to save so much money by living in a tiny house.
0: I hear you I hear you I, I do agree with you that yes if you're doing stuff like this in your 20s it is easier it's not so much like the I would say it's not so much the recovery time it is part of it but it's a case mm-hmm. of you tend to have less responsibilities yeah. bless you by the way um, Thank you. Like, <laughs> no worries no worries because as each decade goes by like okay if you hit your third, like late 20s late 30, like early 30s like yeah mm-hmm. you might have kids and like this is the whole thing then you might have to pay an extra bill here an extra bill there because your lifestyle like everyone adjusts to it and they don't sort of like cut their belt a little bit shorter I know you're about to like go into another thing but we won't go there yet no no no, no you but- yeah but as each decade goes by yeah the energy levels might not be the same because okay you might not be working out as much you might be doing a job which is even more demanding uh like sort of okay a nine to five yeah for a large percentage of office people uh, nine to five is a bit of a fallacy so you know what i mean so yeah doing that type of thing you're doing in your like 20s is like great because
1: uh, Over my 20s are over
0: (laughs) I can't see that yeah yeah in your 20s yeah it's all good but like yeah but like yeah the whole sort of recovery time for doing things it's important but I think it's also important that people push themselves uh, to do things which are uncomfortable to help themselves grow and to basically find out new things about themselves, you know?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And this was definitely a push. It was a huge challenge for me. Mm. I'm not a handy person. I'd never used power tools before. Um, So I was just, I was basically just helping Patrick in any way that I could. He really took the lead on the project. And I think that really helped motivate him Mm -hmm. because moving, he had never been to another country. Well, he'd never been off the continent, I should say before he moved to New Zealand. He'd never been on an international flight that long. Like, it was just crazy, the amount of trust this man had in me. (laughs) So he'd never been to New Zealand before, before he moved here. Um, So I think he was just really, almost intimidated by that. Also, he was, he was very concerned about using the metric system. That was what scared him a lot. He's like, I'm going to look like an idiot when I show up to work. I'm going to be like holding out my tape measure. I'm not going to know what I'm doing. I'm like, Patrick, it's okay. You're a smart man. You'll figure it out. And obviously you pick it up like that. But um, so I think building a tiny house was a really good motivational thing, like just for him to feel confident in his skills and being in a new country Mm -hmm. and then for me it was just yeah like you said I really pushed myself challenged myself to think outside the box to think creatively because we didn't have a lot of money as I said before twenty thousand dollars doesn't go very far Mm -hmm. Um, and so we tended to rely on recycled materials to build our tiny house so the tiny house is like 80% recycled materials Luckily, well, unluckily, Christchurch has had an earthquake, so that meant that there was a lot of salvage materials that from demolished homes and things. So we were able to get like our windows and doors, corrugated iron. We had like a re- an old kitchen we put in our tiny house. So a lot of that stuff we were able to get a lot cheaper.
0: All right, like this is the thing. One of the things I got I got to wonder, like, what was like. My- what was one of the sort of greatest challenges or lessons you learned while doing this tiny house, either for yourself or for your mm-hmm. other half, Patrick, the very trusting mm-hmm. man who, <laughs> who flew, he flew to the other side of the world for you.
1: Yes, <laughs> he, he did indeed. Um, let's see. I'd say probably, um, I think just the, just the conversations that we would have just literally about to pull our hair out, unsure about what next step to do or some kind of solution that we needed in the tiny house. And as someone who's not handy, who doesn't work in the construction industry, who's never built anything before, sometimes my ideas were valid and useful and helpful just because I had an outside view and an outside opinion. And I think that that really helped define our relationship is that Patrick and I are very, very different people, different backgrounds, different education levels, but together, like with a, when our two brains are put together, there really is very few challenges that we can't overcome. And so figuring out how we work together has allowed us to be able to open a business, start a business together. Um, if we hadn't done that, or, and also, should I mention, live in a tiny house with another human being is also... <laughs> extremely challenging um but you get to know the other person really well you get to trust them and you you just have to figure it out and um i think that's been really helpful in our relationship and i think that it's given me confidence and it's given him confidence um so i think that that's probably the biggest thing that we learned from building the tiny house
0: fantastic I just can only imagine it's like okay baby look okay okay we can't both run around the house at the same time <laughs> stop <laughs> you go that direction I'll go that direction I can still see you yes I know <laughs> but let's just do that let's make it happen great <laughs> it's like a, yeah. uh, so what's the upstairs exactly like of your that. tiny house like say that again what's the upstairs of your tiny house like
1: it's the, the opposite
0: i said upstairs the, the neck the top level
1: what upstairs? I, know. <laughs> no upstairs I know it's one level yeah it's crazy a lot of people don't realize that but not every tiny house has a loft and um not every tiny house is as tiny as our house it's only 14 square meters so it's On the small side, you see some of these huge ones, you know, with the big size bathroom and the lofts, plural, but ours has none of that.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, look, put it this way. I I understand, look, because, okay, from what I've seen, it's on, like, you can, it's on wheels as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can, Mm -hmm. like, can you hook it up to the back of a car and drive it away?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we built it in Christchurch on a llama farm. (laughs) It was the only land we could rent. (laughs) We had like all these llamas, like looking through the window, stepping on our shit and just being so rude and so nosy. Um, And so then we moved it next door to another farm and that's where we lived for a year. And then we moved it a little bit South to a smaller town even. Mm. Um, And then we finally moved it to Dunedin where it is now. Yeah. So Really nerve-wracking, moving your tiny house on the road, I have to say. Very nerve-wracking.
0: Yeah. Right. Like, with regards to, say, your next tiny house, do you think you'll stick with the same format? Or do you think you'll maybe do a little bit bigger? Maybe a shipping container? Who knows? <laughs> like,
1: you so, we, so we were thinking about that. So we have been living in the tiny house for about three years. Um, and we were like, okay, what's the next step? Do we want to get to into a real house? Do we want to build an addition onto our tiny house? Do we want to do a shipping container house? And my husband's a welder. And so he, he really, really investigated the shipping container house. And he decided that it wasn't really cost effective in New Zealand. Other places you can get shipping containers for really cheap. But oh, wow. down here, they're almost at a premium. So shipping container houses were out. The tiny house, we, so in New Zealand, in, in my book, I do have a whole chapter about the legality of tiny houses in New Zealand, which is a little particular compared to other places in the world, How but so? the legality is, is, is a gray area. So the two rules for tiny houses, it has to be movable. So there was a case where someone said, oh, your house bus hasn't moved in 30 years. Is it a building or is it still a house bus? And the law says, actually, it's a building (laughs) because it ain't going anywhere. (laughs) So if it stays immovable, you're out. Mm. It has to be movable. And you cannot have someone living in it permanently. So what does that mean? That's open to interpretation, right? So what's your definition of permanent? If we travel two weeks out of the year, is that impermanent? Or if we have someone, you know, staying there as a staycation, is that permanent? So yeah. we didn't really feel like pushing the envelope too much. We'd already been in our house in the same place for a full year. Mm-hmm. And like ah, we get in trouble if we stay in a tiny house for too long. So at that point, we had saved we had easily paid ourselves back for the original twenty thousand dollars that we saved up for our tiny house. Just be, we did that in the first year, which is shocking. So just because we weren't paying rent or we were paying a lot less rent, I should say, we were paying about a hundred dollars a week for the land.
0: Oh, nice. Um,
1: So we had a nice little nest egg ready to go. And we already had the experience of building a tiny house. We had land. And so we decided to build a bigger size house and we were able to do it um, using cash basically. And so now we're mortgage free in a 80 it's about 80 square meter house and that's where i am right now
0: talking (laughs) oh fantastic fantastic um like this is the thing i'm surprised you didn't consider doing like uh what can i say the van life movement which is being really sort of big over the has it been the last three four years it kind of Died down a little because last year 2020 and all that (laughs) It's (laughs) it's like i live in a van okay where are you going you can't go anywhere <laughs> park it over there okay <laughs> today uh on my van travels i'm yeah. in the same camping site or the same car park as i was last <laughs> week and uh, the week before Is that guy
1: i think the van life movement lost a lot of people during <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> <laughs> the lockdown <laughs>
0: Look, baby, it was all good when we were traveling around Seeing new stuff But I need to have four wars. I need four wars, baby <laughs> So yeah, I take it that I a a, yeah, I a Like, what, what's that? And, uh, a hot shower I, I mean, oh God <laughs> I'm at a let's... crossroad steaming And he just went, I'll give you a course. I'll give you a hot shower for your soul I was tempted. (laughs) I was tempted. (laughs) But yeah, I take it the lamb, the van life or the vehicle life was not for you. Maybe in the future. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I am a very minimal person. I would love to live like that. Patrick has a lot of tools and a lot of hobbies. (laughs) And so I don't think that would be feasible, but I would love to be able to do it like for maybe like a month or take like a couple months off from work um, and travel. Cause we haven't seen a lot of New Zealand and I really regret that. I have seen a lot of New Zealand. I had the opportunity to travel a lot when I was younger with my Mm -hmm. parents Um, But when Patrick got here, we pretty much just started working right away. New Zealand is great with its holiday. I don't need to tell you that because you're in the UK. But for the Americans listening, um, that was one of the biggest draws is like you actually have holiday time. Your boss actually lets you leave the office or take time off or use your sick leave. Um, and you can't get fired for you know having children or tr- trying to take a sabbatical or whatever it may be so that was definitely one of the the draw points of New Zealand so
0: yeah I've, well like okay let's just like, let's just rub it in for the poor American like <laughs> listeners so like, so you say you get vacation time how yeah. much vacation time do you get from your job
1: So it's interesting. Every industry is a little bit different. So my last, my most recent job was working as an office manager of a local school. And so I got all the school holidays, which was great. And then, um, you know, over Christmas holiday, that's about, I think it's about five or six weeks, um, which is great. And so, but Patrick, um, he's in the construction industry and he gets about four weeks. Well, that was at his last job. But now that we work for ourselves, we can basically take any time off we want, um, which is really great. So we're really, really thankful that we could, we could go out on our own so we can make our own schedules.
0: <laughs> uh, so, like, so like, you know, like did that, was that one of the things like this sort of juxtaposition with the sort of work-life balance that you get in the United States in New Zealand which kind of was like what (laughs) you mean I can live life like this rather than like that yeah the things yeah oh
1: my gosh yeah and I mean even for me and I had been to New Zealand before I understood the difference in the work culture um it was just so shocking how Mm. much of a rat race some Americans find themselves in and I think that's the reason i'm 31 years old and i have not yet had a gray hair is literally because i'm
0: living in <laughs> it's like i like i haven't had a gray hair too no no gray hair on me at all look it's like I'm, it's like I'm, look at my chin i'm seeing things i'm seeing things <laughs> i'm seeing things
1: And it's just the stress of your environment and there's nothing you could do about sitting in traffic, living in a big city, you know, dealing with road rage people and people honking at you and things, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I sat in traffic for longer than like five minutes, just because I live in such a small town here. It's different for people up in Auckland or whatever, but, um. It's just such a more chill lifestyle here. People, when you go out and meet new people and talk to them, they actually talk about the things that make them happy. Like most of my conversations don't start with what do you do for a living? It's so what do you like to do? Like, oh, I'm into surfing. There's a lot of surfers in our town. I love pottery. There's a lot of people who are into the arts in the area that I live in. So people really live, you know, they work to live. They don't live to work. And I think that's really key.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Now, I like when you go, yeah, oh, there's like traffic in Auckland. Like I live in London. I almost really like go, oh, you call this traffic. <laughs> you you call this traffic. <laughs> Just like go, oh, you, you people don't know nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing at all. I remember interviewing a lady uh who basically she moved from Mexico City to LA. And she was oh. like, uh, like she was like, um, yeah, like she's the only person I can say would who would would ever say this. She goes, yeah, it was nice to move to a smaller city. LA <laughs> It's like a smaller city. You know, it's like going, does that go, okay, wow. <laughs> but yeah. that's the like that's the sort of juxtaposition of Mexico City, 30 million people, and then some to like LA when you're like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice it's not that bad yeah a little bit of traffic. it's all
1: relative it's yeah. all relative
0: yeah Wow. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you tell me about it it is all relative but like it's still one of those things that always blows my mind you kind of look at one place of the world and you look at another and it's like wow but like yeah um I have to ask like this is the thing when did you sort of start getting into like you say yeah you managed to save that 20 grand back up from basically saving money on your rent and everything like this when did you sort of like oh you know what I've read about the fire movement I've listened about the fire movement I've w- watched YouTube videos about the fire movement and now I'm doing the fire movement when did you start doing that yes
1: um I think it really it's I think saving that's the core of the fire This is just really being able to utilize that muscle and it really is just a muscle it's like a it's kind of like a combination of self-discipline yeah. um investing so thinking outside the box t- taking a little bit of risk not like depending on how much risk you want to take and get all the way into crypto you can just save your money in your savings <laughs> account um so flexing the saving muscle being you know budgeting being open-minded and taking challenges Um, Really, I think you have to do all those things kind of separately to Mm -hmm. give yourself time to adjust. So for our saving muscle, when we were moving to New Zealand, that was really the first time I had like a set goal I wanted to save for. Um, So, so Patrick sold his motorcycle and he put that money into our savings account and I could see it grow. And so that on my part, I would take like a side job over the summer, you know, and I'd put that extra money into our savings account. And then, you know, I would sell my furniture or I'd, um, you know, I was, I, I owned a condo in, um, in Boston. My mom and I went half in a condo. And so when I had a renter come in there, um, that down payment or, you know, the uh, what's it called? Deposit. Deposit. Right. So oh. all of that little bit of stuff started adding up into our savings account and that was flexing that muscle. It's like, okay, we're not going to go out. We're not going to go splurge our money on a, on a trip. We're not going to do this and that. We're just going to focus on saving for this goal. And so knowing that you can have a goal and achieve it reinforces it in your mind that it's not that bad to make small sacrifices in order to have a set goal. So another thing is um, getting used to the idea of good and bad debt. I think that's another really key component for the fire movement. Um, So my husband, unfortunately, he was in a really bad accident um, when he was younger, and he had a lot of medical debt. And as you know, in the States, there's no universal health care or anything. And this was before um, basically the new Health Care Act came into play with that Obama passed. Um, so he was 18 years old. He had just gotten kicked off of his mom's healthcare and he had a horrible accident. Mm. So he had, I think over $18,000 worth of medical debt. Th- thankfully he was in a state where if you can't pay your medical debt, that it gets wiped after seven years. If he was in li- literally in any other state, I think, um, he would still be in the U S right now trying to pay off his medical debt. So he was 18 years old. He was delivering pizza. I mean, what, how was an eighteen-year-old supposed to pay for that kind of debt? He had he had facial reconstructive surgery. It's awful. So,
0: yeah, that is mental. I got to say, like, um, like I live in the UK. Like, lived in the UK all my life, and like, look, yes, um, I like love it or hate it. Like, some people criticize it, but like, yes, the NHS is there. Like, if I get into an accident or anything like this, I like the thing I would have to pay for is most probably my medication. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but all other treatment, is mm-hmm. technically free. So yeah. yeah, so it's like yeah, that that boggles my mind. That boggles my yeah. mind. So you were talking about yeah, good debt and bad debt, and like yeah, unfortunately, yeah. your Patrick, your fella, had eighteen grand of yeah medical debt, which thankfully yeah. was written off because yeah. after seven years. So like, yeah. when you say good debt and bad that what would those be because like look people just seem to look at that as just debt, you know
1: yeah yeah so um for so after Patrick had his accident his credit score was absolutely trashed because mm. he owed that much money to the hospital um and so he wasn't a- ever able to get a credit card so that meant that if he wanted to buy a per a per- purchase something You know to help improve his credit score he wouldn't be able to do that so that also means that and this is just it's just basically the poverty tax more or less is if you don't have a good credit score then that means you're less likely to be able to get a rental property you're less likely to be able to get a brand new phone um you can't open your own utilities you can't get a car on a lease a lot of different things are more expensive and more challenging to get if you don't have a good credit score. Mm. So, he was obviously very apprehensive about getting a credit card because he never had one when we moved to New Zealand and he was 27 years old, never had a credit card before. So, uh, <laughs> which is oh, crazy. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand that it's like twenty-seven. That's like no credit card. It's like wow. Yeah. Um, I think as soon as I hit eighteen, they were like sending me letters to, "Hey, you want a credit card? You want a credit card? You want a credit card? You want a credit card?" I I finally yeah. like uh like I finally gave in around about twenty twenty-one, and they were like, "Ha gotcha." <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: awful. It's awful. It's very predatory. But if you use the, your credit card as a tool. To help build your credit score, then that you don't have to get a mortgage. You don't have to do whatever you want with it, but having options because you never know. I mean, the situation that we're in in the world tells you and shows you that you never know what's going to happen. So, having that as another cushion, as another backup. Um, is really, really beneficial. And then in the States and not so much here in New Zealand, but there are a lot of credit cards that give you bonus points and benefits for paying off or spending a certain amount of money. So um, once we got comfortable enough in our situation, we were able to get a credit card that gives us extra points at the end of the month. And so we use those for travel points, but now we, we just get the, the, the bonus points because nowhere to travel to. Um, (laughs) So we put all of our gas, all of our groceries, all of our small day-to-day purchases, like cat food and stuff on this one credit card, even though we have enough money to pay for it individually, if we wanted to use our own debit card Mm -hmm. and we pay it off every month. And then at the end of the month, we get 30, 40, $50, which pays for the credit fee, credit card fee, but we also get to have that little bit of extra money floating around in there, which is helpful. And our credit score is healthy enough that if we, in a horrible case scenario, if my car broke down tomorrow, if we needed a new couch, if whatever, you know, horrible thing, knock on what happened, um, that we'd have the, the flexibility for it. So understanding that like being able to pay off your credit card on a regular basis Mm -hmm. is a great way to practice paying off a mortgage payment on a regular basis. So I think it's just like I said before, it's a muscle and you have to practice flexing that muscle on a regular basis. And so starting small and getting bigger, I think that's just what most people found is the easiest way to get into the fire movement, because at the end of the day, like you're really capable of anything. If you have that muscle, you know,
0: primed and ready to go yeah no i hear you i hear you and like this is the thing with regards to sort of credit and like look um one of the things when you sort of sort of get into the realms of financial youtube or the fire movement there's sort of like a couple of people which sort of really sort of pop up uh, on a regular Mm. basis um ask kevin uh grant stefan i don't know if you know Mm. them yeah basically with regards to like Because it's American centric, yeah, like the whole sort of credit card sort of churning like movement, which is there as well. Um, Is it on the same level in New Zealand as the United States? Or, like, obviously, like you shaking your head, I imagine it's better over in America, land of competition.
1: Yes. That's absolutely it. And actually, it's surprising. I didn't realize this, but the majority of banks in New Zealand are owned by Australian companies. Uh-huh. So there is actually, I think there's only one New Zealand owned bank here that you can even bank with. Ooh. And so everything else is just so Australian centric. And mm-hmm. there just, is not, it's abso- you're absolutely right. It's the competition. There's no competition. Um, and so mostly the, the only credit card churning you can do is to get what they call flyby points, or AirPoints, which you could only use on Air New Zealand, which is the only news, you know, it's it's very incestuous. Oh, <laughs>
0: Just a small so it's like, country. Yeah, it's like, Welcome to New Zealand. You're in the system now, gal. <laughs>
1: like, oh, like, yeah. like, oh. only spend your dollars with us yeah.
0: here. With us. <laughs> like, That's it. Oh, like that song of the company store comes to mind. <laughs> you work all day for the company yeah. store. Ah, oh, I see. Like, so like with this, um, would you say it's affected many of the sort of strategies and plays you may have put in uh, for your fire movement like because like is am I right in saying that if you're in the fire movement there is a number the magic number which is like yes that's my point of like financial independence yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean so it's kind of varied it's like it's it's almost I think that I think it's kind of hard to put ourselves in a little box just because our situation is a little bit different than some other people's um but I mean the closest I
0: would say this to you just sorry to interrupt I'll never I'll never put you in a little box I'll put you in a little (laughs) house but not a little box (laughs) you were (laughs) saying I'm a lad I'm a character bit woo, bit wah. It <laughs> you go. Yeah, it, was
1: good. it was really good. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't want to put myself in a tiny house, but I am in one sometimes. Um, but I would say that fire, what's it called? Fire Barista would be the closest to us because we like to work, especially now that we're working for ourselves and I've written my book. It doesn't bring in a whole lot of money because I'm a new author, yeah. um, but we are cons- planning on working for as long as, week, as, long as we can. Um, so the number that we've hit, um, I think that that can only, almost be a little deceiving because, because your net worth, you can have a very large net worth, but it can all be sunk in a house. So for example, our net worth is mostly our house that we've built, mm-hmm. um, but you can't access that. You know, I can't, you know, start chipping away at the wall and use that to pay for my groceries.
0: <laughs> oh, you so could, that'd be I, like yeah.
1: I, could, I mean, wood is worth a lot. So <laughs> maybe I'll take a few beams out of the, the roof. Um, but so so yeah, so we do have a number in mind. We are planning on doing fire barista, but we do like working and um we're really just trying we're just you know, it's it's weird how your your goals change as you get older. When we were younger, we weren't sure about having kids. We weren't sure about even having a house. But now that we do, and now that we have room, we're rethinking our plan a little bit. And we'll see. You know, things change. And honestly, starting a business has taken a lot of upfront starting costs so that's another expense and we haven't really been saving because we want this business to go well Mm -hmm. so it's kind of putting a a stopper on things but I'm really glad we made sure that we were in a healthy place financially we have the tiny houses on Airbnb so that's bringing in a small amount of income and if we ever absolutely have to we can always move out of this house go right back into the tiny house and rent this place out if we have to so (laughs) (laughs)
0: there's that yeah Boom, boom 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 So uh, yeah, you mentioned like fire barista. How many levels is in the fire movement? Because I honestly don't know. Look, I know the fire movement is about financial independence, but
1: yeah,
0: yeah. When you go fire barista, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, is that a belt or something like that? Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like, do you get some type of mystical power? I am now fire barista. Mm. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. Um, that
1: is- there's a lot of layers, there's a lot of complexities to it. And honestly, it overwhelms me personally because like I said, I don't like being put in a box. And so with all these different streams, I think it's more, I use them more as guidelines and understanding the thought process and the intention behind them. So there's like fat fire. That's where you like just go hard and you have the biggest number that you possibly can. Um, There's lean fire where you just make sure you keep your living expenses very low. And so that makes you achieve your goal number a lot faster and then there's barista fire we're saying that you have the bulk of your um, day-to-day living expenses covered by your savings um but you need to supplement your lifestyle with a small part-time job that you can switch and choose out you know do seasonally it doesn't have to be a barista job but um that tends to be like the the benchmark i guess it's just basically a minimum wage job that you need to work on a part-time basis to be able to afford one utility bill and everything else you can cover for with your savings. Mm -hmm. And that hundred percent is my opinion. Don't come for me if you're on (laughs) your movement. Uh,
0: I'm I'm not gonna come for her. Like yes, code 24567. We've got our coordinates locked in. (laughs) Get extraction team out there now. And now, yes, we're coming for you. We're all coming for you. <laughs> now, so <laughs> yes, omnis tones aside, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so with this, now you've started up your own business. Look, look, a tiny house, like going across like halfway across the world. Uh, to a small country and then like, yeah, dragging your poor fellow with you and then like, yeah, working in the school, like then building a tiny house. And yeah, that wasn't enough as well as writing a book. And yeah, uh, you decided to like, look, we haven't got to the book yet, but we'll get there. But yeah. Yeah. You decided to start a business. What is this business about and why? So
1: um, Patrick had owned a business back in the States and he started it with his twin brother it was called twin brothers welding and he loved it um but unfortunately he had to close it cuz he was moving to new zealand but it was a really great foray into just being able to own something make your own hours set your own pricing be your own boss um and so we wanted to do something kind of in that same vein so we opened a contracting business so it's basically just a very small welding contracting business Um, He had been slowly accumulating all the kind of tools that he needed, um, which some people do and don't have in New Zealand. So that was kind of where we wanted to position ourselves, that he would have every tool imaginable so that he could do any job that, you know, got thrown his way. Um, He's not a huge company, obviously, so we don't have like a huge overhead. We just do most of our work in our yard. Um, And he builds uh, a variety of things to keep our income coming in. Mm -hmm. So when things are slow on like a construction job, he'll build a trailer. Um, If somebody wants something done, um, particularly like to code or something or to spec, he'll do that. So he did a one off table um, and he helps other people put things in their houses, like install things or helps people you know, do all sorts of stuff. So he really is quite, quite the handy guy. Um, and so I make sure that he feels confident going out, that he has all the uniforms that he needs, um, decals on his truck. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, field phone calls, take care of the emails and I do all of the books. So, um, decounting and all that stuff. Yeah. So Uh we're, we're a good team and it works out and it's been a lot of fun
0: my god so like yeah can like can imagine the sort of like new challenges that I must present because mm-hmm. okay look welding is one of those things which is a skill and depending on what you're welding is uh, highly like sought after and can be quite lucrative if you're the welder in like in question uh, like mm-hmm. having that in like well I can't, I don't honestly know how many welders are in New Zealand, but if they're they're short of doctors, nurses, and surgeons, yeah, a a welder is definitely going to be up there. (laughs) So how has like business been for him, Uh, yourselves, I should say, Uh, like just starting out?
1: It's been good. It's been up and down. Mm. Um, So we did have, so we started in April. So we haven't even been in business for a full year yet. So we started in April. And then we had about a month period where we couldn't work at all because we were in lockdown. That's when COVID-19 reemerged in New Zealand. Um, so that was quite worrisome, but we were able to do stuff around the house. And um, because our Airbnb is also based on the tourist industry, we didn't have a lot. We didn't have any um, <laughs> guests coming through, but that has since restarted, which has been really good. So I managed that as well. And so it's mostly just like, Kiwis who were traveling on road trips. We allow dogs. So a lot of people travel with their dogs and stay in our tiny house, which is great. Um, so, so yeah, it's been up and down, but um, it's really, it, we're just in an exciting city. Dunedin is, is growing. First of all, um, house prices are going up. And when p- people move into a city, they also need amenities, right? So the, the, we're building a new hospital in Dunedin, too. So mm. looking forward, we know that this was a good time to start a business because they're going to need all hands on deck to get this new hospital built. And so hopefully Patrick will be involved in that. So that's what we're looking forward to. Ah.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Ah, oh, you know what? I say good luck with the new venture. I'm sure it will be it'll yeah. into a mighty one. I'm sure. Uh, so, like, yeah. <laughs> now with this, like business aside, yeah. Pat, keeping Patrick busy, keep like keeping him running around. Uh, yeah. Keeping yourself <laughs> like slightly busy as well. You had time to create a book. What is this book called?
1: The book is called South Island Tiny House. And that is the name that I've uh, bequeathed to our tiny house. Um, so if you Google that, you'll see our website. You'll see our Airbnb. We have a YouTube channel. And so I figured, why reinvent the wheel? Just name my book the same thing as, as everything else.
0: <laughs> Branding. Branding. Powerful.
1: <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> Lazy. Lazy. <laughs>
0: I want to say that on air. You like yeah. That's like you want to like come across like yeah. Just like time management skills. Like yeah, branding. Like like yeah. Look, read the book. It'll help you get there. Oh, forward focus thinking. Vision, purpose. (laughs) Come on now. Come on. (laughs) That's that's what you do. It was.
1: It's just a passion project, honestly. It was. It was. It was bubbling up in me from the blog that we kept when we first built the tiny house. So I had some great photos on there with a really crappy t- uh, camera at the time. Um, I had, you know, some, some thoughts, some jots, some, you know, trialing times, some great times. And then I just kind of wanted to talk about just, just some of the issues that we had mm. navigating the tiny house movement, because when we built back in 2014, f- 2015, sorry, it was still quite new. We were kind of feeling our way. We didn't know a lot of people who were building tiny, I would go to hardware stores and people would be like, "What? What's a tiny house? I don't understand." And I'm like, <laughs> I, "It's like you, it's like talking to a wall. You it's so hard to explain what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build." So, um, so yeah. So I just wanted to like just put all of my thoughts and all of our ideas in one place so that I could literally my goal was to have my book inside of the tiny house about the tiny house that's just what I just imagined is the book sitting on the shelf in the tiny house um so that the whole story could be in one place um, for for all time
0: (laughs) For for all time in the tiny house how long did it take you to create the book
1: a long, long time. And it's really not even that long either. Um, writing a book really has, has just unearthed so much about myself and how much self-doubt I have, um, overcoming feelings of, um, inadequacy, (laughs) um, just imposter syndrome. It really, it's actually quite, it's like, it's people say it's like, um, you know, just, just, I don't even know how to describe
0: it. No, 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 I understand where you're coming from, because like, this is the thing, even if you're well versed and practiced in something in life, it's one of those things where it's like you're kind of doing it, you're going through the motions and like, yeah, you may have done it 100, 200 times, but there's this always this thing of you might look at someone else and go, yeah, they're doing it better. And they've been doing it for a shorter time like have i just been faking it uh to make it um like but here's the thing you are not faking it you're actually doing it it's just a case of that little voice that little voice of doubt which keeps well, uh, fucking with you yeah. on a like regular basis that's what you got to fight against and look everyone feels that Realm of being an imposter, being it from parents to like corporate CEOs to like, hey, um, like even welders, uh, out there, you know what I mean? But it's just like, yeah, overcoming that voice and like, yeah, like looking at each day when you've pushed yourself, you've gone through that moment and gone, look, okay, yeah, the other day I did that, and like, yeah six months ago oh my god remember where we were six months ago remember where we were a year ago like dear god Mm -hmm. i i can imagine you you and patrick on a cool boston night like going new zealand yeah (laughs) it's been like it's been yeah six years (laughs) six years almost now for you and look you're still going strong uh well settled and yeah, strong member of the community. I take it.
1: We're trying. We're trying. Um, I, I but yeah, hope,
0: I should hope so because, like, your parents are coming out there soon. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, we're we're good. We're good. We love we love the town we're in, and yeah, starting a business, writing a book is just it's really actually a really great way. Even like I. Has given me so many opportunities. I've never been on a podcast before, so this is a whole new realm um, for me. You know, just putting myself out there, public speaking, talking to people about it, um, even writing your own bio is something that I've like never done before. I mean, you write a resume, but a bio is something totally different. So it's definitely been a great, great adventure. I'm really glad I did it. I'm glad I finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, everybody, everybody deals with, you know, the imposter syndrome and feelings, you know, of not being quite sure about things. But um, yeah, it took me about, it took me since I started building the tiny house in 2015 to now to, um, yeah, to write the book. So it's, it, <laughs> I, I would, I would work on it, put it off, work on it, put it off. Be like, oh, I'm just gonna scrap all this, or oh, I can't finish it, or oh, now I have to pay for you know an editor and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's more expensive than you think, but it's more worthwhile in the end than I think most people realize. I'm
0: yeah. um, loving that, loving that. <laughs> oh, I have to ask. Am I like, dare I say, it, am I the first person to give you a podcast interview?
1: I did do one uh, last week, but I don't know when that's going to be released. So I have one practice.
0: I thought this was going to be something special.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm so sorry. I can't do that for you today. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. but it's fun it's it's such a learn it's such a huge learning experience and your podcast is totally different than the other one i did which was about was tiny house focused so mm-hmm. i didn't even have a chance to talk about the money part or moving to new zealand all that stuff so yeah it's good
0: good balance good balance what can i say, <laughs> can I say? yes but like oh i'm, I'm liking the fact okay Yes, I'm the second person in the for, podcast. I'm not going to talk about it at all. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be mature and responsible, and yeah, yeah, just like, not going to throw a tantrum or anything like this, and just talk really a lot like this at all, like not really just going off on a ramble. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's
0: okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so with this like okay like okay with all the world traveling you've done with like studying left right and center with like travel like getting yourself a fella who you propose to by the way (laughs) like you know no, you know that's a tasty little nugget for another day like who you propose to dragged from Boston Massachusetts all the way over to New Zealand with basically doing your MBA as well as picking up a little bit of French on the way in your life travels and uh, like yeah then building a tiny house mm-hmm. then like yeah writing a book starting a business and yeah doing a few medium-like blogs has and a YouTube channel. So dare I ask, which direction would you like your life to go into next?
1: Ah, oh, that's such a hard question. I can see I, so many different paths. Um, but I think for now, I think this is going to be our home base. And we've talked about this, Patrick and I have talked about this, but we really love the place that we live. We love our home. So we want to be able to enjoy it for a little bit longer, at least. Um, and then, yeah, I think we might want to, you know, do a new challenge, travel, maybe, or um, maybe get into real estate. Or, um, yeah, Well, I think, um, so my grandmother, who um, I lost last year, um, she had some, uh, some land that had been in the family since basically after the civil war. Um, so she, it's been inherited, you know, from back from my ancestors who were slaves. Um, and so we have some land in Texas and I would really love to be able to build something there or put some, cause it's just bare land right now. Um, the old, I guess it was it was a shotgun house. Have you ever heard of that?
0: No, I have not heard the term shotgun house. I, please, I'm so- here to learn, yes. <laughs>
1: It was basically you 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 still see some of them um in Texas around uh, in the Palestine area. I don't actually know what county that is. But um it's it was a type of structure that was so simple for basically really poor um, African Americans to build, but it was so simple that if you opened the front door and you opened the back door, you could shoot a shotgun straight through it. <laughs> so it just had a hallway and rooms off of it. So a cool shotgun house I think would be really cool to rebuild there. Um but who knows? So well so maybe we'll do that and maybe we won't. But that's that's kind of in the back of my head as a bucket list thing, you know.
0: Uh, I see. Like I'm I'm now more fascinated about who tested out this very okay like you open that door I open this door and like yeah we're gonna get this shotgun we're gonna fire <laughs> Like, just like like some kids, like, Are you sure that's a good eye? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Don't
1: walk across the hallway at the wrong time. I'll tell
0: you what. (laughs) Just like, Oh, you got me in the cheek. No, (laughs) you sons of bitches. Just like, Yeah. Uh, I'm going down. Going down. (laughs) Oh, God. Lord Jesus. Oh Jesus, help me! <laughs> got, got shot in the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I'll make you pay. Shot in for the hallway in my own house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that did actually probably happen.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, you know what? Anything's possible in Texas. Anything. <laughs> well, anything in
1: Texas, yes. <laughs> oh,
0: brilliant! Brilliant. <laughs> so I have to ask. Most probably, this will be. The final question, then I'll let you free Like out on Out on the day in New Zealand ah, A lovely Tuesday morning, fingers crossed <laughs> Monday evening Here, oh yes So Crazy, it's crazy. Oh, Absolutely, that's time difference For you <laughs> So, now I am a being of Supreme cosmic power, I can grant you One wish mm-hmm. Before you say anything you can't wish for all the wishes in the world. You can't wish for an infinite amount of wishes. You can't write down on a piece of paper to like, oh, yeah, everything on this list, make it come true. No, can't have that. You can't wish for COVID or like world peace because, look, I, like just to get a vaccine into this you, like into this world, you have no idea. I had to cross the powers of Dolly Parton and Beyonce. That, like That is a mix and a half. That's too much. That's just too much cosmic power oh, to draw on. Ah, the deals I've had to make, the sacrifices. I can't do it. I can't do it again. No. I won't make you. Oh, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> like never again. It's like, like I have to draw on the spirit of Whitney Houston as well. No, that is just too much. Like, yeah, you see, you see that look on your face. I go, Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll bring uh, Whitney into it. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> oh that yeah that just releases the dark powers of Oprah Winfrey onto It's like I am Oprah. No. <laughs> it's like, it's like... Oh my god. <laughs> so what would your one wish be <laughs> and you can't wish to destroy oprah that that's just come back to your temple <laughs> oh.
1: um i don't i think i would want to give my wish to someone else i think i i just i feel so blessed in my life and I feel so thankful for everything that I have and everything that I've had or had to go through to lead me to this moment. I'm, I'm thankful for it and grateful for it. And, um, yeah. And I mean, any wish that I want, I can make it come true anyway. So <laughs> I think I would like for you to give your wish, my wish to someone else. <laughs>
0: uh you know what I would, i'd love to go ooh, that gratitude gratitude and belief in oneself very 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 noble very good and give it away <laughs> yeah great i wouldn't call you i wouldn't say that's copying out or like yeah just like dodging a bullet no no I, like i'm not that type of person like yeah like yeah who would you give your wish to which family member oh you you Um, made it worse for yourself right there what
1: (laughs) no 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 I think I would I think I would give it to my sister I think I would give it to my sister yeah yeah
0: why your sister
1: um I think that she is in a place that I was in a couple years ago Mm. and I think it was just before I had my like my Morpheus moment, red pill, blue pill kind of situation. Whereas like, do you want to continue living your life to someone else's standards or do you want to do your own thing? And um, yeah. And I think that that just happened after I lost my grandmother and I looked at my work and I looked at my job and how much I was getting paid, my skills, my hobbies, my talents, my interests. And I was like, this, this isn't matching anymore. And I think a lot of people had that realization. Um, You know, they call it the great resignation. People are like, this is not the industry I signed up for. This is not the boss I want to, you know, see every morning. This is not the commute I want to do every day. I want to work from home. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Um, So I had my moment and um, yeah, I, I wish that other people would be able to see that. And I think my sister is right in that spot right now. And I just, I think, I, I think she needs, she needs her sister <laughs> and she's in New York and I'm here. So the next best thing I could give her is a wish.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. No worries. I like, okay. I'll, I'll pass that on to her. She won't know it, but yeah, it'll come. It'll come. But yes. Yeah. like. Okay nice i'm liking that i'm liking that i got to say yes with the like the great resignation i it was one of those vibes you got last year it was like okay uh after sort of three months in it was like okay yeah people are going to be starting to reassess what they want from life mm-hmm. and making it happen um and now i think it's a case of a number of people executing on that and yeah. We shall see where it takes them hopefully on to better pastures and yeah they can like fulfill some of their dreams uh, like you have
1: <laughs> yeah it's worthwhile I mean life is so short don't make someone else happy make yourself happy honestly that's what that's what I believe and uh yeah so yeah I think everyone should um should be able to you know, be able to tap into their dreams. Take times to dream because you don't. If you don't even take the time to dream and daydream and think about what you want out of life, then you won't know, and you'll feel unfulfilled, and you won't know which direction to go into. So take time to dream, um, and start small, and just go for it. You don't really have anything to lose.
0: <laughs> there you go. On that happy note, I think we should end it there. Like, yeah, go for it. Ain't got nothing to lose. Boom. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Karina, can you tell the lovely people out there how they can find you in the big wide wild webs?
1: (laughs) So our YouTube channel is called um, Pat and Corey South Island Tiny House. It's P-A-T. C-O-R-I is my name, Corey. Um, and if you go on our YouTube channel, you'll see all of our other links to my Amazon book, which is South Island Tiny House. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I have a Medium channel. Uh, well, I do some, write some articles on Medium. Um, but yeah, and our my book at the end of my book has a lot, a lot of my links too. But if you're ever in New Zealand, if you're ever in Dunedin, um, please, Give Me a bell, and I'd love to have you stay in my tiny house. Um, and I'd love to meet you. Well,
0: there you go. My invitation secure. I'll be there in about two months' time. Yeah, okay. all right, okay. excellent. <laughs> ah, oh, Karina, Kari, I'd like to say thank you for coming on to the podcast today. You have thank been a delight.
1: You. Thank oh. you. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> oh, the pleasure's all mine. The pleasure's all mine. And I'd like to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors, for sticking with us, staying with us up until this point. Uh, you have been wonderful. She has been wonderful. I have been uh awesome, supreme, godlike. Yeah, you know what I mean? All of the things, all like all of the how can I? Make, I, I get all the accolades because it's about me. Me. <laughs> me i told you yes but yes i'd like to say thank you my friends my life warriors for staying with us please stay safe stay well be awesome be excellent be fantastic be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some have a great day guys ah peace and love to you. peace ah and we are